Who are some breakout candidates for the 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates? Well, we're going to talk about that all and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's going on, everybody, and welcome back to that Pirates podcast. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, bringing you an optimistic and realistic look at the Pittsburgh Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. On today's show here on Tuesday, we are live on YouTube as well as Twitter. So, of course, you guys are going to be able to be featured on this episode if you pop in on the live. This will also be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Player, wherever you get your podcasts after the fact. But on today's show, we are talking breakout candidates for the 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates. And I asked on Twitter earlier today, this was supposed to be a show from last Friday, but we are doing it today. Uh, I asked earlier today on Twitter, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so we are a little bit early for the live, uh, going live on YouTube, discussing possible 2023 breakout players for the Pirates this season, as well as looking at the players you guys think can break out. Also, who of this group is the most likely to have a breakout season? Luis Ortiz, Travis Waggerty, Mike Burrows, or other? There were a good amount of votes on this poll, but a little bit over 30. Travis Swaggerty undoubtedly won the most votes of this poll with 65%. Luis Ortiz clocked in at 23%, and then Mike Burrows and other were at 6%. Now, we're going to go back to the tweet that I had initially for this show last week where you guys gave some of your takes on who you believe was going to be the Pirates breakout player this year. And by breakout, before we get into this, I'm not expecting a all-star season from any players that are mentioned really on this list, except maybe a few, but a breakout season doesn't necessarily have to be just that. It doesn't have to be an MVP season. It doesn't have to be an all-star season. It doesn't have to be necessarily even an all MLB season, but it can be a lot of other things as well. It can be guys like Key Brian Hayes taking the next step with their bat while keeping the defensive ability that they possess. It can be guys like Colin Holderman, who also has a legit shot of being a very good player in this bullpen for the Pittsburgh Pirates for the next couple of years. Which leads us into Michael from the 412 Double Play Podcast and one of um, my wonderful co-workers over there at the Bucks in the Basement website, which you can go check out with Gary, Craig, Michael, and a bunch of us. He said, I'm torn between Key Brian Hayes and Colin Holderman. Hayes has fire exit velo numbers, plus he is healthy and hit a bomb out of Lecom the other day, which was last week. If his launch angle is right, plus he's healthy, could be a 25-plus home run threat. Colin Holderman has already approached triple digits in spring training and has a solid pitch mix with a fastball slider, a changeup, and, of course, a uh, curveball. So... Starting with Key Brian Hayes, if we're going to go back to my 2023 season preview series episode, Key Brian Hayes, this year is a very 
important year to me for him. Now, of course, he's the longest uh, signed player for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the longest protected player for this team now with his uh, extension that he had. So let's see how that all works out in terms of that. But the reason I say this is a very big year for a guy like Key Brian Hayes is because we know undoubtedly that the defense is always going to be there through the duration of this contract as long as he stays healthy. And I do like, Michael, that you brought up if he stays healthy. Health has been a little bit of a concern for Key Brian Hayes already. But if he can stay healthy, let's see what he can do with the bat this year. We haven't really seen a complete season from Key Brian Hayes with the bat just yet. Because of injuries. We've seen the wrist injury in 2021. We saw some nagging injuries last year. If he stays healthy throughout this year, let's see those exit VLO numbers go up. Let's see that launch angle go up. Let's see the home run number go up a little bit. Because Key Brian Hayes has put an emphasis on this offseason of wanting to be a more powerful player. Let's see if that can be brought into action. And there's plenty of ways that can be. I'm sure he already does a very good job at reading pitches in the zone and out of the zone. So he does a very good job there. He had some good at-bats last season and some good power last year. The ball just was not leaving the ballpark for him last year. Tons of balls off the wall, stuff like that. I expect Hayes to have a higher home run number. I expect him to have higher exit low numbers. I expect him his launch angle to go up a little bit. And you know the defense is going to be there. At this point, if his offensive ability continues to go up, which I would consider a breakout for him because then he becomes a two-way player that is absolutely phenomenal for this team for a very long time. That's a cherry on top of that contract that he signed because that contract he signed last year prior to the beginning of the season was a contract that was protected for his defensive ability. He is going to win gold gloves over the course of his career. There's no way he doesn't. He's going to win gold gloves. Can the offense even be 60% of what his defense is? I think it can. And 2023 is a very pivotal year for that to happen. So, Key Brian Hayes, definitely on the list. I definitely think he has to be because there's a lot of eyes on Key Brian Hayes with the contract extension. You have to expect him to break out eventually. And this year could be the year. Then you bring in Colin Holderman. To uh, which York Aleutian, uh PNC York, by the way, uh, added on to the Holderman thing, saying Holderman being a baller might get Bednar traded. Who knows? Who really knows? Maybe Colin Holderman is a very, very good setup guy to David Bednar, or maybe they use Bednar in different ways. But I agree with Colin Holderman as well. I think he has the potential to have a breakout season this year. Now, it's a little, little interesting to talk about breakout seasons for pitchers, especially relief pitchers, just because we don't really know how Holderman's going to be used yet. I would assume he'll be a setup guy, a late inning guy, um, but we don't really know yet because we still have a couple of weeks before the season kicks off. But you mentioned, Michael, the pitch mix of the fastball slider, sweeping uh, curveball, and the changeup. That's a lethal thing to have in the bullpen, especially if you're a late inning guy, because we know a lot of late inning guys usually come in and just pump fastballs past you or they'll have the occasional slider or the occasional curveball. Not Colin Holderman. Colin Holderman has four pitches he knows how to use very well. And if he can use all four of those pitches very well, yeah, I agree. Now, does that open the door for David Bednar to get traded? Sure. 
Do the Pirates do it? I don't think so. Just because who knows where David Bednar really is. It's a crucial year for him as well because we need to see how he bounces back from the injury riddle 2022 that he had near the back end of the year. He struggled when he came back. He struggled a little bit in spring so far. Colin Holderman, so far in spring training, definitely hasn't had too many issues. As Michael mentioned, he's hit triple digits on the gun in spring training. The pitch mixes looked very good. He's used those pitches in spots that he really wants to use them. And that'll only continue to get better as spring continues. So Colin Holderman, I think, has to go on this list as well. But speaking of Yark, uh, he added to this, saying, I'll go with Hernandez, though pitching-wise. Love me some swags on the hitting side, but I'll say Choi is a strict platoon. His numbers are going to still play up some. So lots to break down in that group from uh, Yark. But we will repeat the question when we come back from this quick break as I tell you about the wonderful people over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And, you know, add your job. And the purple uh, join, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. So why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB in all caps to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So again, we are live here on YouTube and Twitter today for our Tuesday episode of locked on pirates. And we're going to go back to York's question slash statement about who he thinks the breakout candidates for the 2023 Pirates are going to be. He says, I'll go with Jose Hernandez, though pitching-wise, love me some swags on the hitting side, but I'll say Choi is a strict platoon. His numbers are going to play up some. So lots to break down there. Uh, Jose Hernandez, definitely going to be a vital part to this team, purely because of the fact that he's a lefty. Or is he a lefty? Yes, I believe he is. Pretty sure he is. if I'm wrong there, hold on. I, I, I don't want to be wrong, so we're going to do this. This is why this is live. Um, we're going to look this up real quick. Uh, I believe he is a righty. Uh, do not remember. Why am, I, why am I missing the fact that I don't know if he's a righty or not? Um, he is a lefty. Yes, I was, I was correct. He, don't doubt myself, right? Um, him being a lefty is going to be big, especially with the stuff that we've already seen from uh, Harleen Garcia, who was pulled from the World Baseball Classic due to that injury that he sustained a few days ago. So I think that's going to amplify how important Jose Hernandez is going to be to this team. And I think he could honestly break out in a multitude of ways just with what he offers, one being one of the only lefties out of the bullpen. And as I just mentioned, the kind of uh, momentum he can build with the amount of appearances he'll probably get. And I think that's a very vital thing to have for the Pittsburgh Pirates. By the way, Jason Haas is here. I think Johan Oviedo has potential as a starter to break out. His baseball savant page looks pretty good, and I like his stuff. He just needs to cut down the walks. Don't know if he gets to start, though. 
Very good segue, Jason. Because Luis Ortiz was one of the guys that I mentioned earlier um, in that poll that you guys did, where he was kind of the guy that a lot of people voted for very much so because Luis Ortiz is going to be a phenomenal player. Uh, he was second behind Travis Swaggerty, but Johan Oviedo is a, going to be a big reason why we might not see Luis Ortiz right away. And that's a good thing because Johan Oviedo, as you just said, Jason, has the potential to be a starting pitcher in this league. Can he bring down the locks? I'm sure he can. He'll figure that out over time. And he has the pitch mix to do good things. He can hit the zone very well with his command. And the better he does, the better that return on the Jose Quintana Trey continues to get. Now, based off of how the rotation will start the year, where we'll see Mitch Keller, Rowanzi, um, Rich Hill, JT Brubaker, and likely Vince Velasquez, I think give it a couple starts with Vince Velasquez. If he does well, he'll stay there. If he doesn't, he'll shade to the bullpen. That's where you insert Johan Oviedo, who I could also see as an early season bullpen guy. And he offers a lot of versatility for himself. One, because I think he can be of value as a starting pitcher. And if he breaks out, he obviously will be a starting pitcher. But I also think he could break out as a very good bullpen option for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2023. And that actually speaks to a lot of different guys on this team right now. I think JT Brubaker is a guy that has the potential to eventually move to the bullpen and make some noise. You're talking about Vince Velasquez, who can move over there and possibly handle his own in the bullpen or in the starting rotation, depending on how he starts the year. You have Johan Oviedo, who can do exactly what I just said. He could either end up being a starter or, at worst, be a bullpen option. And Luis Ortiz. If Luis Ortiz doesn't work out as a starter, which I don't even see in the cards anymore, I think he will work himself out as a starter. But let's just say in bizarro land that he doesn't. Then he's coming out of your bullpen with a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Teams are not going to want to face that. They are not going to want to face that whatsoever. So I really like, Jason, that you brought up Oviedo because I think he's an interesting case as well because a lot of people are stuck on Luis Ortiz and want to see Luis Ortiz, but Johan Oviedo, I think, is going to get some chances at the big league level before Ortiz does. And if you disagree with that, just look at how they're handling uh, handling the two guys. And I think that they know Oviedo has the ability to move to the bullpen and still have success rather than let's see what we have in Luis Ortiz. And that's a very vital thing to what this team wants to do. They're trying to figure out what they have. And breakout candidates for this year are going to be a big reason for that because you're going to want to see what you have continuing on. And as we continue with that, um, Pirates Rants comes on. Uh, This is uh, Pirates Rants 162. Always a regular here talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates when I do these Q&A episodes. Uh, He says, Travis Swaggerty has a massive chip on his shoulder after dealing with various injuries and inconsistent play in the minor leagues, and many have already given up on him. He has lots of raw power potential and great fielding ability and speed. He's been dominant this spring, and I will agree with a lot of things that you said. We have seen a very good version of Travis Swaggerty so far this spring. Defensively, he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's had those plays uh, where he's thrown guys out at home from center field. He's had some diving catches, which honestly keep happening against the Yankees, which I absolutely love. Um, But you mentioned his raw uh, power potential. That's another thing that I think we need to look at when it comes to Travis Swaggerty, that 
albeit the fielding is going to be there. I think he's a phenomenal outfielder, especially in center field. But at this point, with the amount of things the Pirates have to look at, with the likes of Kanan Smith and Jigba and Cal Mitchell and Connor Joe and Ryan Valade and all these guys that they have in the outfield that they need to get looks on, I don't know if defensive ability alone wins you a job. Because we already know a guy like Cal Mitchell is not a center fielder. We know a guy like Kanan Smith and Jigba, likely not a center fielder. So then that leaves you with Swaggerty and Sawinski. Sawinski is very athletic, may I add. So I would like Sawinski to stay as a center fielder. It's something that I would enjoy. It's something that I think that he needs to continue to do. But Swaggerty, man, he has the defensive ability to do it. And you guys voted him the most as the guy you think is going to break out the most in 2023. There's a multitude of reasons why I could see that. Recency bias being one of them with how well he's played in spring training. Because uh, Douglas Ford also said Swaggerty. Uh, Pitt Panther says Hayes, but also Swaggerty. So you're seeing some a lot of Travis Swaggerty talk amidst of all of these things that are going on in the outfield with Brian Reynolds and what's going to happen with him. Jack Sawinski making the move to center field, which Gary and I talked about yesterday. Andrew McCutcheon being out there in right field. Where I think the most opportunity will open will be that right field area with Andrew McCutcheon. Why? Because Andrew McCutcheon is getting older. His defensive ability is still good, but not what we're accustomed to as Pirates fans and what we saw seven, eight years ago. But I think he's going to just be of more value as a DH at some point this year. Andrew McCutcheon, that is. So then that opens up a spot in the outfield where you've got to fill an outfield spot. And so far this spring, Travis Swaggerty is the number one option to do so right now. He's a former first-round pick. He's going to get his looks. Even if it wasn't this regime that drafted him, they know he's a first-round pick. They know he has that raw power potential that Pirates Rants talked about. They know that this stuff is at their disposal. They're going to try to tap into it. And I think Swaggerty obviously can hold his own in right field defensively. I think it'd actually be a very good thing for him to possibly be in right field with the uh, bigger bases and stuff like that. A lot of it just hinges on his back, guys. Almost all of it, if we're going to be for real. A good, a good amount of if Travis Swaggerty has a breakout season this year is going to hinge on his back. Defensively, he's just fine. He'll be just fine as a defensive outfielder. But as I mentioned before, I don't think defense gets you where you want to be as an outfielder on this team. It's not the be-all, end-all. Pirates aren't looking for a Corey Dickerson in the outfield. They're looking for a guy to hit out there. And they haven't had it in a while, outside of Reynolds. Sawinski last year was fine. But obviously he had his his struggles with strikeouts and all the number and all that stuff. But when you boil it down to the Travis Swaggerty thing, and if anybody who's in the live wants to add to this, I would love it. When you boil down to brass tacks, people got mad last year that Swaggerty didn't get enough opportunities. 
So now, and I was one of them, so now he's getting the opportunities in spring. He'll likely start the season at AAA, where he'll have time to figure some stuff out. More likely than not, you will see Travis Swaggerty on this roster in 2023. Do I know when? No. I have no idea. But he will get those opportunities this year at some point. Be it injury to an outfielder. Be it Kutch becoming the everyday DH and they need a right fielder. He's going to get those opportunities. And we're going to cover it here. Swaggerty's a very interesting player to me this year. And I'm interested to see where he goes. Because the bat's playing well in spring. The defense is playing very well in spring. Can that trickle over to the regular season? The launch pad. Hello, sir. How are you? Rowanzi has the potential to carve out a number one ace starter status if he breaks out this year. However, sophomore slumps are a real factor for him and others. Yes, they are. I noticed that a lot of people's uh, breakout answers were guys like Nick Gonzalez and Mike Burrows, um, Travis Swaggerty, uh, Luis Ortiz. Some of these guys have not made their like official long debuts yet, but when you look into the sophomores on this team, which I did a uh, article a few weeks ago on Bucks Basement about, I mean, Rodolfo Castro has a chance to break out this year and really be a dominant switch hitter in the middle or back end of that lineup. Rowanzi, as you said, Launchpad, has a chance to cement himself as the number one option. So does Mitch Keller. But Rowanzi, last year, started in the bullpen, struggled a bit, went down to AAA, comes back up, looks very, very good. Does the league acclimate itself to him, though? And does he acclimate himself against opposing hitters? I think that's a big question for Rowanzi. But obviously his talent level in terms of how good of a pitcher he truly can be because I'm sure not going to do that. And I think Rowanzi does and probably will cement that spot for himself. Launchpad. I really think that it's something that can happen for him. The pitch mix is there. The command is there. The moxie, the composure for Rowanzi Contreras is all there. And if he does that, it makes things a lot easier for the Pirates when they're figuring out their rotation. Because ultimately, the rotation I think that a lot of us would like to see this year but won't is Keller Contreras, Ortiz, Oviedo, Brubaker. Once Brubaker is either traded or moved on, Priester or Mike Burrows. To which John Sarakowski says Nick Gonzalez and Mike Burrows will both not necessarily break out and set the world on fire when they get caught up, but will provide some stability in the roster. Um, with both of them, Nick Gonzalez, more, more so for this statement, I just don't think Nick's going to get that much time this year. I think G1 Bay is going to get most of that middle infield time behind Castro and Cruz, Connor Joe included, Marcano included. Just because Nick Gonzalez, I don't think, has the ability to move to the outfield like those guys do, and the Pirates value that versatility a lot this year. Um, Mike Burrows, on the other hand, maybe you see him earlier than expected, but I wouldn't expect more than a cup of coffee from either of those guys. Um, 
Mark Karpinski. How's it going? Uh, Connor Joe is the puzzle piece to Swaggerty's timeline, which is also tied to the Choi and or Santana being moved at the deadline. I'm picking the combo of Bay and Castro as the combo breakout. Okay. So, Castro, uh, you guys know, if you're listeners and diehard listeners of this podcast, that Ethan has a thing for switch hitting, which is why I can't wait for Eddie Rodriguez to come up, because if Rodolfo Castro is playing well and Carlos Santana is still here, that means I get four switch hitters in my lineup with Castro, Santana, Reynolds, and Rodriguez. Guys, if that happens, you're not going to be able to contain me. And Rodolfo Castro kind of had a sort of breakout last year um, after the whole phone incident in Arizona. He really played well down the stretch of 2022. And if you guys remember going back to my other preview series episode about him, those guys behind him vowing for that second base spot, which I think should add to how important this season is for him. So it gets really interesting when you're talking about Rodolfo Castro. Then you bring up uh, G1 Bay. He's another guy that I think has a potential to break out. I mean, if he hits the baseball well, and can play solid defense, there's your leadoff hitter for the next three years, at least. Now, of course, I mean, prototypically, he's your prototypical leadoff hitter from what we've been accustomed to for so long in baseball. But now with the shift where you see Ronald Acuna and Kyle Schwarber and all these guys leading off, you don't ever really know. But G1 Bay would be that guy who bloops himself into a double just because of how quick he is. And then never you never know at that point. So I like the idea of a combo breakout, Mark. I, I like that where your thinking is. Um, now what gets interesting with that is what do you do with those two um, once it gets to that point? Because you know Cruz is your shortstop. So what do you really do with those two guys? Do you move one to the outfield, say G1 Bay? Possibly. But then where does he fit with the idea of Travis Swaggerty um, possibly being that guy out there as well. And Mike adding Swag's not a Ben Charrington guy. Oh, yeah. I don't think people understand, Mike, how much of a factor that plays into what the Pirates are going to be doing with Travis Swaggerty. He's on a thin leash, I think, this season. He's on a thin leash. If he doesn't play well, there's other options that are BC guys that he's going to pick. And we'll have to wait and see how that plays out, too. So, just uh, this might seem like a backwards answer, but Rich Hill could have a breakout top-of-the-rotation stat-wise season for the Bucs, um, and they flip him before the second half of the season, old man fatigue. We saw, well, I mean, we've seen it the last two years with Jose Catana and Tyler Anderson. I mean, look at both of those guys and the contracts they got this offseason from their respective teams. Something that can definitely happen for Rich Hill, and I expect to happen. He's a talented journeyman. He's very good. Mike says injury or jumping jack not producing. Yeah, that's that that's the that's really the biggest way for Swaggerty to figure this out is if Jack Sawinski doesn't improve, that opens the door up for a lot of different things. And then of course injury opens up the door to plenty of things. So we've went over a lot of names today. Luis Ortiz, Johan Oviedo, Mike Burroughs, Jose Hernandez, Rodolfo Castro. G1 Bay, Travis Swaggerty, Nick Gonzalez. There are a lot of players this year that have the potential 
a breaking out for this 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates team. And I know we are all going to be along for the ride as they attempt to do so. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this Tuesday edition of Locked On Pirates and this live edition of Locked On Pirates. I will be back tomorrow here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every single day. Love you guys so much. Thank you for your love and support. Follow, subscribe, and like on YouTube, Spotify. Leave a good review on Apple Podcasts, and you guys have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday evening. And I will see you on the flip side.